What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. This is your hobby content alternative. Happy holidays to everyone. Appreciate all the support. Hopefully you are getting some time away from your job, spending that with family and friends, and I appreciate you spending a little time with me and the Stacking Slabs podcast to bring in the holiday season and your new year. We're all about tradition here, sometimes on this podcast. And so I got my brother, McGrath's Cards, back on the podcast to talk about his year in collecting, share some stories, talk about all the fun we're having in the hobby. If you like what I'm doing over here, follow, subscribe, hit all the buttons. Most importantly, tell a damn friend that you're enjoying the Stacking Slabs podcast. Without further ado, let's kick it to the conversation. What is up, fellow listeners of the Stacking Slabs podcast? We are all getting ready for a little break in the action. Holidays are upon us. Um, typically around this time, I bring my brother Kyle at McGrath's Cards back on the podcast to just talk about the state of affairs, how his collecting year went, things that he learned, uh, things that went well, maybe some things that didn't. So we're going to get into that. I know he is currently preparing. He's got two little ones for the chaos that is Christmas. Um, I'm doing the same over here, but Kyle, welcome. How are things over there for you? We're good, man. Excited to continue the holiday tradition here and, and being on the pod uh, on the Christmas episode. So yeah, just I think as you are, we're getting geared up for the holidays, trying to get through these last few days of work, mentally preparing uh, for the chaos to ensue, the gifts to be open. And I think this year, my boys are three and five. I don't have as many things to put together, which I'm actually looking forward to this year. Uh, but yeah, excited for the holiday season. That's for sure. It's weird um, now. And this is my uh, daughter was two months last Christmas, but it, like having a kid during Christmas time now, it's it's kind of weird because I reflected on like when we were kids and the excitement that we'd have when we were upstairs waiting for to be unleashed <laughs> and go down to uh, open presents. And it it doesn't seem like that long ago, but we're looking on like 30 plus years yeah. since that's been the case, which kind of uh, makes me feel old and, but also nostalgic. Cause I, I think about just some of those sports related items that uh, I was asking for. And I don't know, it, it kind of fuels the current day nostalgia for me. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I just turned 40 this year, which is crazy to even think about, but yeah, to your point, I mean, reliving Christmas now through like our kids, yeah, it's it's natural to reflect back on those days where we wake up and watch, you know, the cartoon Christmases, you know, shows that were on upstairs. And I mean, now they're all, you know, our kids are spoiled because they're watching everything on Netflix and in Disney. And and then, you know, looking forward to the starter jackets that we had asked for or some NBA Jam video game or something, right? That uh, you know, brought happiness and and hours of uh entertainment for us on Christmas Day. So yeah, it's it definitely is fun kind of starting to relive that through the kids. And then especially as my boys who are three and five get older, you know, they're starting to turn their attention to more sports related type of stuff, which makes it uh, even more enjoyable. It Time flies when you're having fun. And I think maybe uh, a good place to start just in general is just I, I was reflecting on just this show and just being back at the cards and collecting in general. And you've pretty much been on the same path as me, maybe a a couple months after me or so, but I don't know, like, can you believe that? I don't know if we're coming up on kind of three years, you know, back into the mix and trying to figure shit out and find our footing. And uh, I don't know, I feel like it's 
it's still like I'm still trying to figure things out, but I feel like three years seems to be about that time where I finally feel like I'm in my comfort zone of collecting. I don't know. Like how, how, how do you feel, um, you know, being back in this long? Yeah. I mean, that is right. Three years. And I still remember, I think I've told you this when you started this show, it just happened to be by chance. I was scrolling through LinkedIn. I think you promoted your first episode that you were publishing. I'm like, Oh, what is he doing? Like sports cards? Like he's talking about this. And obviously been a, a loyal listener since day one, episode one, but yeah, I, you know, I do, I feel like I'm like a couple cycles behind you. And I, I think you're right. I, I still think three years into this, we're still starting to figure shit out on, on what we're doing and where the direction is of our collection. And, you know, even during for myself during that time frame, I started jumping in with trying to follow all the fads. And I even scrolled back a couple of days ago to some of my first, you know, card photos I have on my phone. And it was, you know, Zion Williams and John Morant and Luka Doncic. And I'm like, these guys aren't even a part of my PC. They're just like an afterthought now. But at the time, it's what everybody was doing. So I jumped in and bought those. And so it's been interesting just to see how I've shifted from just those initial fads and trying to collect what everybody else is collecting to then I went through a period of like, okay, well, I'm just going to collect who I like. So, you know, my Peyton Manning collection and and other Colts or Pacer players is who I accumulated over time. And then I got to a point where it's like, well, everybody, you know, I see the value now of scarcity and some of these rarer cards. So maybe I start heading down that direction. Um, and now I'm starting to get to a point now where it's like, I'm focusing on specific players at specific scarcity levels. And I feel like every time I'm on the show or I talk with you, I feel like I have a plan and then something happens. And it's like, Nope, I'm going to go this direction now. And that's kind of the fun of the, the collecting process is it, continually evolves and our interests continually change. Um, and so who knows where that path will continue to lead, but still having fun three years later. So that's all that matters right now. So one of the things I'm really fascinated uh, by is this idea. And a part of, I've been thinking about this ever since I, I chatted with Andy from IndyCar Exchange last week. And I know uh, his story is a story you frequent with your boys and I think about us getting back into cards and I think about um, this period of, you know, pandemic, the opportunity to walk into an indie card exchange and go learn and ask questions wasn't readily available. Um, but what we had were, you know, Instagram, we had YouTube, we had podcasts. And I think about just like the differences that those two paths can take where, um, not saying because I am one of them. I'm a person who creates online and creates through you know this channel. Uh, but I, I think about just the value of like education in the hobby shop as opposed to you know just opening up YouTube, typing in sports cards, and then your first exposure back into the hobby is the first result. And the first result is because someone is really good at digital marketing and they understand how to get the certain algorithms. And, and then all of a sudden, like result one, result two, result three are like the first exposure that new people have into the hobby. And then you go down this path that you just stated of like buying cards because everyone else is buying cards. And I think like part of it is we all go through this. It's good to learn. It's good to figure this out on our own. But I don't know, like, how do you think about that dichotomy between like what's happening digitally and what comes at us as opposed to you know, walking into a brick and mortar location like IndyCar Exchange and being face to face and asking questions. Yeah. I mean, I, I think 
you know, kind of the root of your questions answers itself. Uh, you know, the, the value you have going into a shop where the owners invested in that brick and mortar store and the business and the brand that he is established, he or she has established, you know, certainly is going to provide you more value, especially if your long-term interests are collecting than any, you know, search on, on YouTube or Instagram. Um, I think Andy said it best in your, your podcast last week, when you do walk into his store, he just wants to know what your interests are. He's not going to push you to one product or the next. I can't tell you the number of times I've bumped into him at sporting events or at the shop. Um, and it's genuinely, he asks the question of like, how are you? What are you collecting? You know, what are you interested in? And then it naturally leads to the conversation um, where you kind of, you know, showcase, you know, your areas of interest or the cards that you captured along the way. And, you know, it just gives me more comfort as a collector because he can direct me down different paths or things to look into. Um, and not just Andy, but I've been at other our cud stores already um, in the indie area. But then also to the people that were around in the hobby and that you have on your show and that we that we message with on Instagram, those are individuals that have frequented card shops as well at some point in time in their journey, right? So they're influenced by that card shop owner. They see the value of that business. And I think it just further enhances and betters the community. Um, I, I joke now, because I, I think on previous podcasts I've been on, I've rattled off YouTube shows or Instagram people that I've listened to and followed. And I look up back on that now and it's like, man, you know, you. I kind of think of like that uh, movie old school with Vince Vaughn. He's like earmuffs, right? Whenever he starts to talk, you know, say bad words or you hear stuff you just know is noise. I kind of have this like reaction of earmuffs, put them on and, you know, ignore that and just continue to focus in on those people that you really truly feel have that authenticity uh, about their passion in the industry. I often talk about this, uh, the hobby is just like the escape and how, you know, I would imagine, and I don't, don't want to isolate because there's many different types of people, which I'm very fortunate that I interact with and we listen to the show on a regular basis. But if I had to whittle it down to like a specific individual, if I was like, do, if I was doing my job professionally and I was building out a profile of the individual who listens to this show and the people that I interact with, chances are that they are a busy professional. They probably are busy with kids and kids activities and uh, they've got this little bit of time. And that little bit of time they use, they dedicate it to cards because cards makes them feel good. It's an escape. They like collecting, they like building. And I'm attracted to that because I can relate to that. So I, I don't know. It just seems like for so long. And I feel like uh, I'm saying now that I believe like it is nice to get the collector focused and the collector to be spotlit in this industry right now. But I, I feel like now more than ever, like the collector conversation is rising and these people who are here who have a little bit of time and they don't want to deal with the bullshit and they don't want to deal with people trying to make money and try to put you in their sales funnel. Like seems just seems like over this year, one of my biggest reflections is it's not perfect, but it, I feel like there's less bullshit and there's more conversations about what you're collecting and how it makes you feel like what's been your read so far just in the evolution of for you and just what you're seeing um this year yeah absolutely i think the you know to your point you know and myself included it's like i have a, a specific amount of time i can dedicate outside of of work and personal life and, and family etc to dedicate to the hobby and and really it's my mental escape so i've, I've down selected a specific podcast uh, that i listen to uh, on a weekly basis 
Um, I My favorite thing to do on Saturday morning, because I can't stay up uh, late enough on Friday nights, is I get up super early on Saturday morning and have my coffee and I listen to the crossover, right? And I feel like that is our weekly, like, hobby collector get together just to talk about anything that's relevant, right? And, you know, the comedy that uh, ensues on that show, the knowledge that takes place, you know, I'm not active in the chat, nor do I go back and look at the chat, but you can just tell by Chris and Josh and the interaction they have. It's like, these are our people. These are the people in our hobby that, that we would all sit around a table and tell stories about cards they picked up or traded. And I think that group has, has grown tremendously over this last year. Um, and even little things on Instagram, like I'll scroll through my sports card uh, account, but anytime I see somebody doing kind of their 30 second video where they're flipping through their three row or they jump on for a quick like 15 minute live to, to talk about various collectors. And I, I think I heard Drake's doing something with like Drew Brees collectors earlier this, or uh, at some point this week, you did something with Matt Ryan collectors last week, I think. I mean, that's the fun of it. I mean, that's where you, you know, you may not be invested in those type of athletes or, or, or cards, but you're going to learn about a card brand, a story, a player, et cetera, or more importantly, why are people passionate about this individual? Um, and I think that's grown more and more this past year in the hobby and, and some of that other noise is starting to, to tamper down a little bit. Couldn't agree more. I, I, I don't care who you collect. I don't care what you collect, but if you're sitting up there and you can talk about the why behind what you buy, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all ears and I'm dying for more content like that. You, you talked about your, uh, the identifying cards you like, you mentioned scarcity. Talk a little bit about just like, we, we buy cards and then we sell cards to fund other cards. And, but then some cards, like we look at in our case and we're like, those are here to stay. I love the, that card. Maybe talk a little bit about the process that you've gone through to understand kind of what cards you really like and which ones are going to stay in your PC and maybe how that's changed this year. Yeah. I think, I think one of the healthy things I've done over the last six months is like create my short list of what do I really want in my collection, right? Maybe specific cards, maybe specific player and the type of cards associated with that player, but it's helping help me give more direction into my eBay's, you know, and we all have eBay searches pop up. Right. But I think half the time when I see all the blue dots, I skim through just to see those specific ones and do those pop up first before I just start randomly like opening up every search that I've got set up. So, you know, that's been a big evolution for me over the last six months is defining like what specific cards or players am I trying to attract to um, and add to my collection. And I, I think the last time I was on, I talked about, hey, my, my goal is I want this like Peyton Manning tops finest like gold set, right, of all of this gold. So that was like my passion for a while. And then by dumb luck, I've just had some cards that were on my list pop up over the last you know month, month and a half, where I've had to take a look at my collection and start saying, okay, well, some of these paint cards that I didn't think I'd ever get rid of, it's like maybe it's time to move those because this card is available um, that I never thought I'd have an opportunity at. And so you know, it's been reactionary but it's been purposeful because I know specifically what I've been trying to add. I just didn't anticipate some of the stuff popping up where I've had to adjust and move my collection along the way. So it's just, again, it's just added some, uh, some excitement over, you know, to my collecting and, and how I'm shaping uh, some of the cards that are in my, my Zion case. We're, we're going to talk a little bit about some of those cards, but for all, I, there's this element of like, no matter how type a or how in control you want to be in the hobby, you've got, you're never going to be fully in control because 
there are things that pop up and that you see and you just know that that you've got a window. It's like you're the only one seeing this. You're you feel like you're first because you see the card, you see the price, you see the scarcity, and you just know if anyone else sees it, um, you, you're they're gonna snatch it up. For you, I think this is something maybe new, something newer that you've experienced this year. Talk about like that moment and like how, how do you like how do you process it? How do you get to a decision quick? Because I know you like to be very thorough and thoughtful, but sometimes mm-hmm. the hobby doesn't afford that, and you just got to make a move. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, and I, I think we've talked about this before, just between you and I, in terms of like approach to when a card pops up that you have to jump on. Where I think you've always come from the mindset of. If it pops, I'm going to get it. And they'll just figure out how to pay for it on the back end, right? With consolidation of cards where I've always taken the, the opposite approach. I think probably why we're brothers. We just come from different mindset from all this where I've tried to say, okay, well, you know, I'm going to go ahead and get rid of these and I'll just build up my, my uh, savings account for cards and then be prepared for when that, uh, when that moment hits. But, you know, that completely is turned upside down from my perspective. Just knowing that, I don't know if it's market conditions right now, I don't know if it's just people that are going through the same process I am, but they're going after bigger and better cards. Um, I just feel like there's been a lot that's popped um, on the market as of late where I just have not had time to be proactive in it. And, you know, it's anxiety inducing, right? Because you're making a purchase and then you're going, okay, well, I I love all these cards in my case over here, but I got to get rid of something because I'm not just going to be able to, to freely fund these going forward. And I think my mindset when it gets to that point is not, hey, I spent $100 on this card. I at least better get it back or more when I sell it. It's, uh, hey, I need to get you know $500 worth of cards. So I'm just going to bundle all these up, send them off, and just hope it at least gets to that. And, and try not to think about either the gains and losses on the back end. Because I feel like if you... If you, especially when you get into that collector mindset and you're getting into that, like, hey, I'm, I'm crossing off some of these bucket list cards that were on my list. I don't care what I'm getting rid of as long as it covers what I am passionate about adding to my collection. And I know it's, it's tough. I've had to go through that a couple of times where I'm like, ooh, I thought that was going to go a little bit higher, but it didn't. But hey, at the end of the day, that group of cards covered my purchase. And so that's kind of been my, my MO as of late. And that decision gets harder and harder the more cards you add in because now you're, you're pulling from the same well but again, it just, I think all collectors go through it in some way, shape, or form. This is just kind of my initial entry into this because I've had the opposite mindset prior to. So I, I, uh, I've been having a lot of conversations around this, uh, t- exactly what you just talked about and hadn't really heard many other people mention it the way you did. But isn't it funny? It's like when we get back into the hobby, it, the, the narrative that we are fed is you buy card and that you wait to hold card and you sell card for more money when when you're when when you need a when you need to fund a card you get your group of cards together and you don't give a shit what each card individually <laughs> sells for you're just trying to get a mass enough cards to cover the cost of this which i think the the one thing i want to throw back to you that no one ever talks about but is critical is like i i, I keep prefacing this cuz i've heard a few people talk about it but i'm trying to like spotlight it because it's important it's like yeah, like we buy a card for 300 bucks and we sell it in for 200 bucks. And yeah, we wish we would have gotten our money back. But like, what about that utility value? Like that card was in your collection for a period of time. You got to sit there, you got to enjoy it. 
And I think that's just something that like when you're trying to make a decision, it makes a decision easier for me because I'm like, damn, this card's great. But this other card that I'm seeking is is for me better. And I know I need to kiss this one goodbye. And damn, it was a good time with it. I hope it ends up in another collector's PC. 100%. Because here's the thing. It's like, it's not just cards, right? You make purchases outside of cards. It's the clothes that you buy. It's the furniture you buy for your house. It's decorations. It's kid stuff. Like you're never, unless you're really good at going to the thrift shop and trying to resell it. Like once I buy that, like I'm, you know, I'm enjoying it. And then it's going to crap out at some point. I'm going to replace it. Or my wife's going to find some new thing on Pinterest and we're going to be redoing a room, right? And we're going to be putting those decorations in the basement. So at least with cards, to your point, you get a utility value out of those for whatever that period of time is. You get to hold it. You get to look at it. You get to enjoy it. You get to take a picture of it that you get to save on your phone. But then you go to sell it and then you get money back. If you get more money back, phenomenal. If you don't get as, if you get your money back, perfect. You get to have fun free of charge for a period of time. And if you get less money back, then at least you're getting something back has kind of been my mindset. So yeah, I couldn't agree with you more on that front. And um, I don't know if it's just me mentally. It makes taking some of those L's a little bit easier, but you know, at the flip side of it, you know, adding to the collection, it, it's, it's my way to do it. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I want to get into some of those cards that you've been picking up. Um, and the other thing I'll just say is like, I've also come from the mentality. It's like, we know the cards we're buying are a percentage less than it would be if we were buying them last year. So it's just like, I know if I'm selling a card, chances are it's going to be a percentage less than what I bought it for if it was in that same time period. So I think it's just all perspective. Um, but I know you've had some big buys. You've posted them uh, as they've come a little bit. And one of them I know sent shockwaves in my Peyton Manning group. <laughs> and you, 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 you texted me. Uh, I was on a uh, run, I think it was like 5.30 in the morning and I was at a stoplight and I pulled open my iPhone and you guys like, look what I just got. And I was like, holy shit, I can't believe. And I'm, you, you figure, you find through these people like how often certain people check eBay on stuff. And I, I'm like very, I'm, I'm medium to low. Like that's kind of where I'm at. But I think you, based on the time of when you did it and when Card po was posted, you uh, definitely got a nice W under your belt. So I know there's that card that I'm referencing and then probably another one. So maybe talk a little bit about some of those recent pickups and kind of the stories behind them. And then also just like what those mean to kind of your PC, just in adding them as we're closing out the year. Yeah. So I've got four examples. I won't take a long time on all of them, but I think they all have story and purpose and then just kind of some love for the hobby right for some individuals that made some of these happen so i think the first one now we always talk about our patent collection our colts collection all that type of stuff but we both grew up in the era of reggie miller like that was you know our guys still remember going and watching them play playoff games against the knicks i remember being at baseball and then we'd be going between games and going through drive-throughs and hearing you know the the game on the radio nostalgia right and then I couldn't be more excited about this year's Pacer team. I mean, that's been the bright light, I think, in our indie market. But one of the Reggie cars that was on my list, and it's been on my list since day one, ever since I saw, uh, I think Josh showed his 2003 finest LeBron James gold. At one point in time, I was like, that is an awesome looking card. And then I was like, you know what? I can't imagine what that would look like in the Pacer blue and gold as well. Just the designs and the aesthetics of it. 
So about a month ago, it was posted on eBay and I got connected through, uh, it's Vino Sports Cards who had it listed. Um, we were connected on Instagram, exchange messages, and we're able to work out a deal on the back end. But I got it. Let's see, they're a little tough on the, the camera here, but got it raw, got it graded. It came back and ate. But I mean, seeing this thing in person, seeing the shine on it, it's phenomenal. And, you know, Reggie is one of those that, Reggie Miller is one of those. I'm starting to find those cool cards to add. But I mean, as you know, with kind of those 90 basketball players, there's so many cards and I'm just not educated on it. But this is one that, you know, thanks to Vino Sports Card made it happen. That thing is never going to leave my collection. Um, and super excited to kind of have that in hand. So that's the first example. The second one is my other Reggie collection, my Reggie Wayne collection. Um, I think, you know, aside from Peyton, I've always been fascinated by Colts receivers. Um, I collected Pittman Jr. when he was, you know, in his rookie year and have his cracked ice and his gold and um, a couple other really cool cards from his rookie year. But Reggie Wayne has always been the one that, you know, has been my favorite Colts receiver. And in fact, it all started, he did like an autograph signing one year, signing jerseys at a local radio station that I attended and got his jersey framed um, that's in my basement today. But I've always looked for that cool Reggie Wayne card. And I think at Thanksgiving, we were talking and you were like, hey, did you see this like Reggie Wayne card that's on eBay right now? And it's his 2013 select Prism Black one of one. I was like, yeah, cool card. And uh, didn't really, we didn't talk about it much. And I always watched it. And there was an episode of the crossover, I think, that you know, Chris and Josh were talking about like that uh, mega bid, right? That you would throw out on a card. And it just happened to be one of those where I'm like, it flirted in the low hundreds forever, leading all the way up to the day the auction ended. I was like, I'm gonna throw this mega bid out there. And sure as shit, it almost hit my mega bid. Uh, but I was able to close with the win. And so that's another awesome card that I've added recently. Again, I didn't know this specific card existed, but I knew I wanted very rare Reggie Wayne cards. And I think you've got some Prism Black cards, like having a select Prism Black one of one, it gives you that itch because you're like, nobody else has got this. It's in my PC now. And now it's caused trouble because now this is all I'm searching for, like one-on-one Reggie Waynes. As I know you've probably been through that with, <laughs> with some of your other player collector cards, but they're just so cool in hand when you've got them. That, uh, just to comment on that. So I think for me, like in seeing this card, it's like 2013 select is one of my favorite products in football. And I just think they look so cool. And I literally have never seen an, maybe one or two, but there's just hasn't been very many one of ones. And to see a one of one of a player like that. And then like the, ever since you've got the card, the other thing that I don't know if you've thought about, but I think is really cool about this card is the fact that Colts receivers, you think of, there's been a lot of good ones, but you think of Marvin and you think of Reggie. And for me, I always had Marvin ahead of Reggie in terms of like what, who I liked and connected with, but then they became even to me when Reggie re-signed the deal, took less money and went and played with luck. So that's like mm -hmm. a Andrew Luck era, Reggie Wayne card and his relationship in years with luck were unbelievable. And Luck probably would have never have panned out to be the player he was before he left the game without a guy like Reggie Wayne. So I think that card too has a little bit of significance from my point of view um, to be kind of his later last lap, which was a damn good last lap as well. Yeah, for sure. So third card to kind of show and tell, and I haven't told you about this one, but uh, my Reggie Wayne kind of spiel. I've always loved the 2010, 2011 Finest Mosaics. 
And it was several you know months ago where I had picked up the 11 Reggie Wayne. It was on eBay. I just made a big purchase. And you know, as luck would have it, this popped up. I'm like, I got to have it. Well, I think a common uh, seller that we both bought from recently, and shout out to Brooklyn Barry Bright, has every freaking 2010, 2011 mosaic uh, finest uh, that, he, uh, that he's been posting lately. And so we were able to work out a deal. I got the 10. So I've got them both now, the 10 and the 11. Um, so super excited to, again, have like scarce Reggie Wayne cards that, that you know, nobody else you know, has. I'm sure others have the combo, but excited to have the combo, especially since they're out of 10. Um, but I think you picked up a few because he was messaging me and being like, I just made a deal with your brother. I'm like, no shit. I just bought, you know, I, 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 I just bought, I bought uh, three rivers cards from him and then saw in his story sale after the fact that he had that available. And I like thought about it. And then I was like, I went back and I was going to message you about it. Cause I had just spent some money. I didn't want it. And then, but his next post said it was sold. <laughs> so I never brought it up. So I didn't know you got it, but glad that one ended up in your PC. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So to round out the show and tell today. So this is, I, part of my, my philosophy on a hobby is just sometimes it's just dumb luck, right. That we fall into, but going back to your earlier question around, you know, uh, sometimes you just have to jump at stuff that shows up. I think a having a list, knowing and values of cards, understanding the set and players. Um, I think all all can help inform you that hey, when something pops, like no brainer, you hit that bin button as fast as possible, and you celebrate on the back end of things. And this kind of comes in twofold because the first time this happened to me was actually during the Super Bowl this past year. It was during a commercial break. I hit the eBay searches when I was at a Super Bowl party and I saw a lot of three and it was the 2006 Peyton Manning Finest Gold and then two other Peyton Manning cards from that set. And I hit that as fast as I could. I got them in, graded, it came back to seven, but again, I don't care. It's, it's the card that I wanted in hand. And then from there, I'd always thought about like, what else would that rainbow look like uh, but knowing that there are probably some cards I would never have a shot of because, you know, financially, they probably just wouldn't be in my, my wheelhouse to go after some of these. And I had this card on my list thinking it would never happen. And it was about a month ago. I get up early daily and it happened to be about 3.15 in the morning. I grab my coffee. I hit the old eBay search feed and there's this 2006 finest gold Manning search blue button. I'm like, oh, shit, I wonder what happened. I opened it up and I about dropped my cup of coffee. Um, and it was the old X-Fractor that was sitting there with the buy it now price that it was one of those panic moments where I had to drop my coffee. The dog's like, you know, at me because you know, had he wanted to be fed and I couldn't believe what was happening. For some reason, my reaction was to go to Card Ladder to search Sales Sister. And I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> go back, <laughs> go back. And so I hit it and went through the buying process. And the whole time, right, you're just thinking like, somebody else is gonna see this before I am. Like, how fast can I get the transaction complete? And even after we talked after the fact, I never felt comfortable until I saw like the tracking leave the seller and go through the authentication process and then arrive back at home. Because, I mean, I'll be the first one to admit, I know there's every Peyton Manning collector out there that has this on their list. And the community been so, the number of like, Congratulations notes I've gotten from folks is overwhelming and it just shows you what a great community 
we have um, as collectors. But, you know, I still pinch myself that that actually happened and I'm sitting here holding it and I'm like not selling, sending it off to grading to like after the the holiday mail rush because like I'm scared to death I'm going to lose this thing. But this is one that I never expected in my wildest dreams would ever I'd even have a shot at. So for it to play out the way that it did, um, I'm super fortunate and grateful to to have it in the collection now. The early bird gets the worm. I... uh... (laughs) I had not even thought after you gave me the news mid run came back, started my work day. And then like that first break in the action where I can like pick up my phone. I was like, I like it, all these like dots connected in my head. And at first I was like, man, I probably like didn't like give Kyle enough flowers for giving, getting that at the time. So I like wanted to make sure to be like, dude, nice fucking win. And then like, I was like, oh shit, I wonder what my Peyton Manning chat is saying. And of course it was just like, who fucking got this? Like what the, and it was just on and on and on. And so like, um, I often don't like to share what other people's cards are when they got them, but you're my brother. So I was like, I think I know who won that. So that was fun, <laughs> fun in and of itself. But I often say, it's like, if you put in the activity, uh, it's not going to happen every day, but like, you're going to land one of these cards. Um, and we've all gone through that. And I think that's super fun. Yep. No, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's very surreal. And I mean, that the four cards I just showed you happened over the last like month and a half. And again, it just goes to show you, it's like never would have anticipated any of these would have popped, let alone like all four within a, you know, a short period of time. And then it really goes back to my anxiety of like, okay, now I got to really start selling stuff to, to replenish the funds a little bit. But at the end of the day, it's what makes hobby, you know, collecting in the hobby fun. And, uh, you know, not only have I added some awesome cards to my collection, but it's just, Spark some really awesome conversations with fellow collectors out there. Um, so it gets me excited going into the next year for sure. So you've highlighted four cards that are awesome cards that are significant to your PC. Do you feel content or are you just like, you still are on the hunt and you're still looking for more? No, I'm still on the hunt because there's still <laughs> cards on that short list that I'm looking for, but I'm afraid to say any of them because it's like that speaking it into existence. Yeah. Because it's like, I've had, I mean, going through these, four cards as I have a relate, it's like my anxiety, my like stress about all of them is like amplified. Like, I don't even want to imagine any of those pop. I'm like, give me something to look forward to next year in the years to come. So yeah, I don't, I, you know, I don't know if you can ever be satisfied, you know, as a collector, cause you always know there's something else out there. And the Manning after was like a huge, like content, you know, piece to add to the collection, but I just know there's other other players that I collect that of cards that are out there that I'd love to add in as well. And you know, the hunt continues. So got to keep so checking you, those eBay searches. So you mentioned next year, and maybe we close it out with this. I know we're planning to go back to the national, which we've got to get our tickets. I know we've got our hotel room booked, but we, I, I there was this flood of everyone buying their tickets. And I was like, shit, I know we've got our hotel room. We got to get our tickets, but that's happening. What, what are maybe just for you kind of, areas of focus, uh, kind of what you're looking to achieve as we head into the new year? Yeah, I think it's just continuing to refine the collection, right? You know, I dropped some cards from my list of things that I want. So what else can I add to it? I think it's something um, that I'm going to take a look at again, excited for national, excited to just really build the, the connections in the hobby. Again, it's, that's my, my biggest takeaway from 2022. It's just, the, the friends you've made, uh, the passion that you're seeing in those collectors that are, are still around and still involved. I'm um, excited to continue to build out those friendships. Uh, and then, you know, you know, having kids and we talked about Indy card exchange and Andy and the shop that he's running, but I'm so jacked to have my kids like 
getting excited and involved, you know, given, you know, the, the brick and mortar stores, some love. I mean, Andy and his shop do uh, a kid's club every month where they get a punch card and they get to go in and redeem a pack of cards or whatever. I mean, I had Connor and Evan there this weekend and they both redeemed their December prizes. And then I got Evan a, a three row that we could organize his Pokemon and his wrestling. And, you know, you know, just to see those little like initial habits start to form about organization and sorting cards and they're trading each other. My youngest pulled like some VMAX Pokemon card that, that Evan wanted. And, you know, just quick, you know, proud parent move. It was, you know, Evan and issue would just probably take it from Connor's hand and run off and my Connor would melt down. But I told Evan, I'm like, you got to trade him something, right? Find something that he wants that he'll give it to you for. And so Evan ran up to his room and found some shiny Pokemon card and talked to Connor about trading it. And of course, Evan got the better deal at the end of the day, but Connor was happy. They were happy. So I think just, you know, continuing to instill just the hobby with, with the kids and, and my boys, uh, I'm jacked up uh, to continue to see this upcoming year as well. Awesome. Hopefully you all enjoyed this conversation. couple of brothers talking about cards. Hopefully you all have a great holiday. Kyle, see you in Christmas madness here coming up in a couple of days. <laughs> good, uh, thanks. Thanks for jumping on. Hey, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Always enjoy connecting with the big bro about cards. Hopefully you enjoyed that conversation. Give you a little peek behind the curtain at some of the conversations we have on a regular basis. You have a happy holidays and we'll talk to you very, very soon. 